The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. So I'm going to try to catch you guys up real quick um, before we jump into this sermon. Like I said, we've got a lot of scripture. We've been looking at um, this passage in Matthew chapter 6 the past two weeks. And we've been talking about the series called Tomorrow, really about God's will, just looking at God's will and trying to figure out the, the answer, trying to figure out answers for our future. What can I do about this? What should I do about this? I don't want my future to look like that. And I'm scared if I make any one decision that I'm just going to mess it all up. And, and so I've been really trying to just talk about the future and the scary decisions we have to make, the anxiety that comes with that, and just trying to wrestle through, do, can I mess up in my future and all that stuff. And um, we've been in Matthew chapter 6, the past two sermons, and uh, really summed up, we're not going to read that whole passage, uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture tonight. But um, really to sum up the passage, the same concept that we've been talking about the last two weeks is also found in Proverbs 19.21, and it's many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. We've been just talking about that God is God, and that includes God is God of the future. God is God over our lives. God will take care of us, and if you remember week one, there's nothing that we can do to mess that up. There's nothing that we can do to strip him from his godness, right, and make him fall off his throne and he can't handle, uh, we, we make this mistake, it's just too much for God to redeem and to, to make something great out of it. It's, it's just too much. No, God is God of our future and there's nothing that we can do to mess that up. And so uh, we can have a lot of aspirations, a lot of plans, a lot of, I really want to do this in life and, um, and that's good and that's from God, uh, but we can trust that really God is just God over everything. He acts and he knows everything about our futures. And, and so Matthew 6, 25 through 34, we preached up until 33. And now the, the, last, the last verse, the last verse um, is, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the days is its own trouble. That's how it finishes. And so you can kind of think, well, okay, so if we've been talking the last two weeks, track with me here. If we've been talking the last two weeks about how God is the God of the future, God is in charge, God's got it taken care of, we can trust in him. And then this last verse says, and don't, so don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow's got enough anxiety for itself, sufficient is the day of its own trouble. Well, you could maybe just think, okay, well then, pff, don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about my future, I don't have to worry about all that stuff, I can just sit back, chill, God's in charge, no issues. Um, and I just don't think that's true. I don't think that's what this verse is saying. I think that we are called to um, be stewards of our future, right? To, to take it seriously, uh, the, uh, the futures that God has given us, to, to really be smart about the decisions we make, to be good stewards of those decisions, and, and to really do the best we can in order to make sure that we are closer to God and living great lives for him in the future, right? That we are called to do that, not just be lazy and just say, well, God's got it and not care about it. I don't think that's what this verse is saying. I think this verse is simply just saying, don't be worried and crippled by the weight of tomorrow. Well, what is going to happen? What's God going to do? What's God going to do? Is he going to take care of it? And just don't, don't be anxious. It's, not, it's a weight that you don't need to be bearing. Just trust that God is in charge, but you're going to do your part. Well, what is our part? In planning for the future, working towards a future, living for him, what is our part then? Um, that's what I want to talk about tonight. That's why I'm asking that question. So 
Um, we're finishing up this series preaching-wise tonight and then t- tomorrow. <laughs> Next week, <laughs> see that? Next week, we're going to be listening to a panel, like he said, and so send in your questions about God's will. We'll talk about that, but I want to talk about tonight and run through it. What is our part in planning for the future, working towards following God's will and doing the best we can for that so our futures don't look like that? Well, I want to just say this is really my main point. The main thing that I want to just work on all night long is this, that we are called, we are called to, and we should genuinely seek his direction and then confidently do something. Genuinely seek God's direction and then confidently do something. I think really our goal is to confidently do something, to make that decision. I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to uh, take this job offer. I'm going to do whatever it is, right? Um, That is our goal, to not be terrified about the future, but to make a decision and be confident about it, feel good about it, right? To not be crippled about our future. That's the goal. How do we do that? Well, I think it is just genuinely seeking his direction. Genuinely seeking his direction. And I said that because I actually... Stretched it out a little bit longer. My main point was a little wordy, believe that or not, right, for me. A wordy main point. Um, I said genuinely seek his direction without your own biases or uh, preferences because I think a lot of the times we are seeking God's will, um, but really it's more just making sure, hey, God, you're, you're good with what I want to do, right? Um, like, and we start putting words in God's mouth. God, you're going to do this, right? And uh, just want to let you know, like, I'm still preferring to go to the school. Just so, and, and really, we start saying, that's God's will for my life, but really, no, it's you're just speaking that in God's mouth for your life. Um, a lot of the times, I'll ask Sarah, hey, so what do, you, what do you think about this outfit? What do you think about this? Or really, anything that I'm doing. What do you think about this? Stop. Just quit laughing about my outfit, okay? Um, I ask my wife, what do you think about this outfit? Because I'm colorblind sometimes. It, at least she could think so, given the, uh, yeah, sometimes. Not always colorblind, sometimes, though. Um, so anyway, I'll ask Sarah, what do you think? That's just an example. I ask her a lot, a lot of things, and um, she'll give me her opinion. Well, actually, I don't like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And so, like, just like I don't even want to listen to her. And she's like, okay, why did you even ask me in the first place? Why in the world did you even ask my opinion if you didn't want to take my advice? And she's right when she says that I just want to ask because I want to hear her affirm what I think. Uh, yeah, that looks awesome. Thanks, babe. I, I figured. You know, like, I, I honestly ask her because... I just want her to say that I was right in the first place. I think that we're kind of just treating God like that. We just, um, we're not really seeking genuinely and selflessly and humbly just saying, God, whatever your will is, that's it. And I'll trust it and I'll believe it. I think a lot of times we're like, yeah, whatever your will is, God, as long as it's this. And, you know, it's, it's ours and we're putting words in God's mouth. Are we genuinely, genuinely, selflessly, without bias, just seeking what does God want for my life? Um, that's, the, that's the first and I think the greatest step in being able to confidently make a decision to follow God's plan for our life. And so how do we genuinely seek his direction? Well, I think there's really three ways that we can do that uh, to seek it in his scripture, to genuinely read scripture and just see what is God saying to me. And then prayer. I just want to pray to God whatever it is, even if it's not what I want. I just want to hear, God, what is your will for my life? And then wise counsel, just seeking from someone else. What is it that I should do? What is it that I should do? And correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't see everything. And so I think those are the three ways to do it. And so the first one, scripture, I really, it's important that we realize this is an important order, okay? I put scripture on the top for a reason and prayer underneath it and wise counsel because scripture needs to be first. Scripture needs to be the basis. And maybe you're thinking, oh, so scripture is more important than praying, huh? 
Let's see what kind of teacher you are. Well, yes, I think it does need to be in regards to making a decision. And that's not to say that prayer is secondary to and it's not as important as reading the Bible or that you, shouldn't, you should only seek wise counsel if you have time, like, but it's totally like expendable. You don't really have to. Um, no, these all three of them are really important in your walk with God. Being a Christian, all three of them are important. But when it comes to making a decision, when it comes to planning out for your future, Scripture needs to be the foundation. Scripture needs to be the foundation because I think a lot of the times... We say that we need to go pray. Hey, you know, we'll hear somebody like, I just need to pray if I need to divorce him. Or I just need to pray if, like, I need to, I feel like I got married too early, and so now I just need to go marry this other person that I fell in love with. And, like, so I just need to pray about it. I just need to see that's really God's leading. It's like, no, just read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. That's not God's calling for your life. And so, really, there's no need to pray at that point. God's already given you his divine voice into this situation. There's no need to pray more about it because he's not going to make a decision. He's not going to change his, his decision on it. Or you can say, well, I just really want to hear somebody else's advice because, like, if I need to, if I need to cheat on this paper, because really this is a different circumstance, I understand sometimes it's bad to cheat, but this time I think it's a little different, it's an exception, because dot, 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 fill in the blank. It's like, no, like read the scripture, read the Bible, and it talks about being an honest person, being a steward of what you're given, and so there's no need to go seek wise counsel outside of the scripture. Scripture already speaks into it, and so this is why I think scripture needs to be the foundation, needs to be the basis, and everything needs to be weighed upon or judged according to the scripture. The wise counsel that you receive, someone gives you a counsel, well, judge it according to Scripture. Are they right? If, if they don't line up with Scripture, they're not speaking from God. Scripture is. If you feel like you heard something in a prayer and it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's, it's not from God. And so Scripture's priority, and I think a lot of times we can think that Scripture talks more, the Bible talks more about just like, well, the moral stuff, like I shouldn't do this, I should do that. And it's like it doesn't really have anything to do with my life, my, my making decisions, like that's kind of like not related to scripture, but I really think it is. If you, it might not say, no, that you should, uh, you might not turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 12, and it say, thou shalt marry Jonathan, right? Um, it's not going to say that. It's not. Uh, but it will say, scripture does tell you who, how to pick a spouse, how to seek to be in a relationship with someone, to, to make such a commitment. What kind of person should that be? Are they equally yoked? Are you really pursuing something? Do they draw you closer to God? If they don't, Scripture speaks into it that that is not the person you should marry. Scripture speaks into that. Maybe it doesn't say um, about a job. It might not say that you need to go and be an accountant Thou shalt be an accountant, the, the 11th commandment, you know, in Exodus 20. Whatever it is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that should be, that's for you, Sarah. Um, whatever it is, a lawyer. Uh, it doesn't say that, but what it does say, um, and you can just look in Scripture, how does this apply to my life? First Timothy 6, 9, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare of many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Scripture might not say, you should be a lawyer, or you should be this or that, whatever the job, job occupation is. But it does speak into your motives in searching for a job. It does speak into your motives. If, if you just want to seek it only because of the money and it's not because you, it draws you closer to being with God, then you're at fault. 
and you're, you're judging your decisions on the wrong basis. And so read into Scripture what is, how is God genuinely speaking into my life? But we have to do it without bias. We have to genuinely seek God. I want to, I, I don't have my Bible with me. Just putting the Bible over you and say, I'm completely underneath the scripture. I am underneath the Bible. Whatever it says, though I, if I don't want to follow it or it's not jiving with me, I want to be completely underneath the scripture and I want to do whatever it says and how I live my life, being genuinely seeking his direction, even if it kind of stings a little bit, seeking his direction through reading the Bible. The other one is prayer. And, and wise counsel. We'll get to that one in just a second. And I think when it comes to prayer, whenever you really just read throughout the Bible, what does it say about how to just seek from God his direction through prayer? I think a lot of the times it's, it's less, God, I want this. God, uh, make sure that I get this. And it's so much more, God, what is it that you want from this? What, do you, what is it that you want for me in this? It's a lot less saying, God, this is my desire, and it's a, a lot more all throughout Scripture. God, whatever your desire is, make that happen. In Philippians, Paul's writing, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And you're like, ah, see, you're wrong. You do put your request to God, and yeah, you do. You do. I think you should put your request to God. I think you should ask God, God, I really want to go to this school. I want to date this person. And you should pray to God about that, and you should make that known. Um, but the next verse, verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and will your mind in Christ Jesus. It's interesting, his response to you giving your request to God, you asking God for a certain request, his response is, let me guard and mend and, and shape and transform your heart, your mind, your desires. I think it's so much more seeking wisdom from God. I want to know what you would lead me towards. I want to know what you would say for me. I, would want, I would want to know what you have for me. And so much less about just, God, this is what I want. This is my petition. This is what I, I desire. So much more, God, what do you have for me? What do you desire for me? If you... Read in James chapter 1. It says, But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. It's not asking if any of you lack this or that. I want to make sure that I get to go do this. I want to make sure that I can do this. I want to make sure that I am, am stocked up in this. It's, if any of you are lacking wisdom, ask and God will give it to you. Wisdom. I really think if you just read throughout the scriptures, read honestly, it's always saying that we should be seeking an, a godly understanding, a divine understanding, a divine knowledge of what we should do, how we should act, what we should be engaged in. We're constantly seeking, scripture says, to seek wisdom, divine understanding over anything else. Are we doing that in our prayers? Are we Really just laying down to God, hey God, make sure that this happens. Make sure that I can do this for my future. Or are we genuinely seeking his direction by just saying, God, I just want understanding. I just want knowledge from you. I just want you just to kind of direct me and, and bring me through my path of what you want to lead. I want to understand. I want to understand from you what it is you would have for me. Or are we just 
commanding to God, God, uh, we need this. Lord, just make sure that this happens. Lord, uh, if you would, speak into this and make sure that this happens, right? I mean, that's just the typical how we pray to God. And is that scriptural? I think so much more so scripture calls us to say, God, just give us wisdom and understanding of what you would call us to do. And that uh, Solomon in the Old Testament did that. And God gave him the out to say, you can have whatever you want, whatever it is you would desire, you can have it, right? What's he ask for, those who, don't, those who know the story? He asks for wisdom because he's leading a nation. He's leading this group of people, and he wants to be the best leader he can be. He wants to make the best decisions he can be. He wants to rule and to judge the best he can. And so he says, God, I want, I want a godly understanding. I want divine knowledge I want your direction. I want, I want to understand the way you understand to where I make the best decision that I can. And God's response to him in 1 Kings 3 says, God says to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself discernment to understand justice to understand, to be, behold, I have done according to your words. He's blessed because he asked, God, I want to understand what you have for me. I think we should genuinely seek God's direction. If you're stressed or you have filled with anxiety right now because you're worried about what you're going to do with this decision or what you're going to do in this circumstance or how are you going to handle this person or how, what you're going to go do in the next year or the next two years, the next three years. I don't know what my future looks like. I'm filled with anxiety. I'm worried about it. I don't know what to do. I think we should genuinely seek, God, what is it that you would have for me? Because you know much more than I do. You have this planned out way better than I ever could. You are God. All right, we've talked about that the last two weeks and now so why would I ever impress my opinion onto you? Or why would I ever put my opinion, my desires, my plan for the future over you because you are God? Why in the world would I not trust you? I think you should genuinely seek his direction, not only in scripture, but in prayer. Because a lot of times we think we know way more than he does. I have a little brother, Nathan, I probably talked about in a couple different sermons. He's awesome. Um, he's extremely smart, like legitimately. He's only nine, but he's extremely smart. Nine, right? Nine? Yeah, okay. Just making sure. She knows my siblings' ages better than I do. Um, he's really smart when it comes to trucks, like, and, and just working equipment. If you know my, uh, my family, my dad, he just, he, he if you want to grow up in the household that I did, you have to know stuff about equipment and mechanics. And, and my dad, like, uh, it doesn't take long you growing up in the household before you're laying underneath a semi changing the oil or working on this or that, right? My dad just, he knows everything about it. He can, he can strip an engine, take it, all these different parts, and put it back together. And, I mean, he just knows how to do this stuff. And so Nathan, growing up, um, he just, he grabbed onto it way better than I could. I mean, I could, uh, but he really knows stuff about equipment. He's smart. And, but I mean, at the same time, he's nine, right? So um, a lot of the times he'll, if my car's not working or something, and he'll come up to me. He's like, hey, so, Isaac, your car's not working, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, you know what it is? It's your um, implosion uh, uh, ignition switch is grinding up against your, uh, your platinum, uh, I don't know, panel siding. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, see, you just need to get that fixed. It's nothing you can do. You have to take it to the shop, or I can do it for you. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> 
Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. But how often, I think, honestly, that is so much like us. I think that we are just like that. We are saying to God, hey, God, just want to let you know, like, uh, this needs to happen. And uh, just make that happen, right? And just, I just want to let you know that is, I've already uh, di- done the diagnosis. I've already done the assessment. I've looked over it. And uh, this is the best plan for my life. Just want to make sure that you're in the loop on that. And God's like, oh, awesome. Cool. Thanks, little buddy. You know, like, um, God's got the future planned out. But I think so much of the time we in our prayers, say, God, just make sure that this happens. God, if you could just uh, plan this out. I think instead we need to seek, bias aside, preference aside, and just say, God, if you, which you do, know better, speak it into my life. Let me know. I genuinely want your direction, your leadership, your God. I want you to know, or I want you to tell me because you do know what should I do in my life? And just genuinely seek that. And if it's the opposite of what your preference is, would you not want to hear that? Because God is God, and he knows best for you. And so um, I think that's the second one. And the third one is wise counsel. I think we all need to have someone just bound around with us. We need to have that group of individuals. I think that we, all in here, need to be speaking into each other's lives, godly advice, not just advice that you're just come up with, but from Scripture, rooted in the Bible, this is what I see in your life. I see a fault in the way that you're living, and I just want to give you advice in that I want to speak into your life. I want to give you wise counsel, and I think we should also be receptive to that. I think other people, whenever they come to us and say, hey, I think it'd be awesome if you went to the school. I think it'd be awesome if, uh, or I think it's probably best that you not be dating that person. I see that they're uh, not the best for you. I think we need to be receiving that well and then just hearing from other people, receiving wise counsel. Genuinely seeking what God has for us, his direction for us through other people. It's, it's really kind of amazing. First Kings 12. This seems like a verse that you can just kind of skim over and it's not that big of a deal. But if you read it, then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. You're like, okay. King Rehoboam, he talked to some elders, and uh, which is common. The elders, it's like this king's court. There's some people, wise men, right, that speak, and they're like, what says you? Whenever he's trying to make a decision, right? I don't know if they would say that, but, um, right, they're trying to make a decision, and they would go to their wise people, and they would say, hey, so, wise people, um, what do I do about this? And so Rehoboam consulted with his elders. Not a big deal. What's interesting is the elders used to serve as Father Solomon during his lifetime, So Solomon, the guy that we just read about, the guy that prayed to God, I want godly wisdom, I want divine understanding, God said, it's yours. And it says says that he would be the wisest person from then point on and forward. There would be no one else like him. He would have divine understanding. He would have wisdom like no one else could understand. That's Solomon. But it's pretty amazing still. Nonetheless, Solomon, for the rest of his lifetime, had elders surrounding him, speaking into his life. You're like, why in the world would you do that? You're the wisest one of them. They don't, they're not any of them are as wise as you. Why do you have people surrounding you? And it's because he found value in surrounding himself, even as the wisest person, the person that knew best. I need other people around me, speaking to my life, just to cover all the chances that I might have missed something, right? Solomon sought out people to speak into his life, and he's also the one that wrote uh, a lot of the Proverbs, and so if you just walk through here, this is him demonstrating. Not only uh, he demonstrates in his life, but he writes about it time and time and time and time again. He says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. 
Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. 1522, without uh, consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. And then Proverbs 19, 20 through 21, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Even the wisest man that still will ever live, says in scripture, he sought out instruction from other people to speak into his life and to just say, I, I want to hear, I, I, I don't want to take any chances that I'm not going to hear from God directing me in my life and all the decisions I make, the way that I lead Israel, I definitely want everything to be covered to where I can hear from God in all avenues. He demonstrated that there was value in hearing from other people. It was like two or three years ago, I think, two or three years ago. Maybe she can correct me later. But we were, Sarah and I were dating, two or th- not two or three years ago, so two or three years into dating. There we go. It's been a long time. Someone came up to Sarah, and they were like, I think it was an older person, because I just have that in my mind. I don't know. And she's like, sweetheart, I just want to give you my advice. You're just so young, and Isaac's your first boyfriend. I, you just, you just, I think it'd be best if you just cut your relationship with Isaac, and just go start dating around, start dating other people. And I just really think it'd be best you don't know what um, dating's like. You, all you know is just dating him. And I think it'd be best if you just understood all the other, I don't know, a bunch of other guys. I don't know. I mean, that's really what they said, Ralph. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure it was a, a godly man or, man or woman. They had genuine good intentions but let me tell you, that was not wise counsel, and that was not from the Lord, I just want to say. <laughs> it was not God speaking through this individual. They were confused and misled. And um, if she would have went to me for wise counsel, I would have said, no, they're wrong. You need to stay with me. And that's, that's my godly wise counsel. And it would have been right. It would have been God speaking because uh, we married. And so, boom. <laughs> I was right. Amen. 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 <laughs> Love you, sweetheart. But I think it's really important um, that we weigh and we discern counsel, wise counsel. That wasn't wise. But you should weigh and you should really discern, is that really from God? Is that true? And um, I think it's true for prayer also, praying to God. I, is that really you speaking to me? Is that really you directing me, you calling me? Because I think a lot of the times it's just our desires, again, flaring up. And no, we need to push that aside. What is it you Just you say to me. And I think a lot of times we just need to be discerning and we need to be um, questioning. It's not bad to be skeptical sometimes of uh, wise counsel, wise uh, counsel or prayer. Just be, God, is that definitely, I want to know for sure, is that you? I think it's important we do that. And so once we've done that, once we've genuinely sought out, God, what do you have to say in your scriptures, no matter what it is, no matter if it's hard to swallow, whatever it is, God, what is it that you have for me in my life? Once we've done that in the scripture, we've prayed, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice, whatever my 
preferences. I want to lay that aside. God, speak to me. I want you to speak to me divine wisdom, divine understanding, a a heavenly knowledge of how I deal with the situation. I want to receive that. I don't want to just impress my own preferences on you. I don't want to say, God, would this be the case? Would you make sure this happens? But I really want to know from you, I want you to speak into my life and give me divine wisdom in the situation, what to do. And then once we've sought out wise counsel from other individuals, and we just heard from them speaking into our lives, and we were able to set aside our, our pride and say, you know what, maybe I didn't have it all figured out. Maybe I don't know all the answers. feel like I do. feel like I'm pretty wise, like Solomon almost. Um, but you know what, I'm willing to say, maybe I don't have it all figured out, and I want to hear from other people. I want you to give me your input. I want you to give me your advice. I want to hear, and then I want to discern it. I want to work through it. I want to weigh it to Scripture and just see if that's really God speaking. Once we've done all that, I think then we can confidently do something. I think once we've really genuinely sought out God's direction, I think we can confidently do something and not be worried. Be free from anxiety and just trust God is God, right? God is God no matter what. God is in charge, and I've really sought out. You're speaking into my life, and now I'm just going to trust that you've told me what you needed to tell me. You impressed onto my heart what you needed to impress onto my heart, and now to my best discernment, my best knowledge, my best judgment, I'm going to make my decision, and I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going to trust that you're still God, and I can just make my decision. I think we need to confidently make, make a decision and not be terrified about it. If you read in 1 Corinthians, it's pretty amazing, and you can just skim over it. It just seems like a normal uh, passage, a narrative. But if you read through this, look how many times Paul is just kind of like, eh, whatever. God's going to take care of it. God will be in charge, right? He's just kind of like, I'm not worried about it. Uh, he, just read through it. If it seems fitting for me to go also, they will accompany me. After I go through Macedonia, I will come to you, for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I'll stay with you for a while or even spend the winter. I'm not sure. So that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. I have no idea where I'm going. I, do not want to, I don't want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost. Paul was constantly in the scriptures. Paul was constantly speaking with God. And he was, if you just read throughout the the narrative in Acts, the three journeys that Paul goes on, he's constantly just seeking wise counsel from people and he's discerning it. Sometimes whenever they said, don't go to Jerusalem, you really don't need to go to Jerusalem, he's like, actually guys, I think uh, God's speaking to me that I do. And he didn't listen. Other times they said, you really need to go to this place, we'll go, we'll go together. And he said, all right, let's go. He was in the scriptures just reading, what is God speaking to me in my life? He's praying with God constantly and he's seeking wise counsel and then he could just say, you know what? I trust God's God. I'm gonna make the best, best decision I can when it comes up but I'm not going to be just weighed down with anxiety, terrified about my future, that it's going to just be a destruction, it's going to be horrible if I make one little wrong move. No, I'm just going to trust in God, make the best move I can, discerning his will, and I'm going to be confident in it. I'm going to be confident in it. Would you guys just stand up with me? I'm gonna, I want to just spread out, and this is just a time of response. You can just go wherever you want in the room. We already heard the band. They already led us in corporate worship. Now it's just, I think, time just where we can just have time alone with God. Time alone, hearing what he has to say to us. And I, I'm not quite done yet, so I want to just keep, I just want to say this one little thing before we jump into this first song. Before we jump into this first song. 
I don't think we're expected to guess God's will. I don't want to be like, uh, spin it and just uh, see wherever the little dial lands and, and see what God's will is for. I don't think we have to guess it. I don't think we have to, I don't know, play games with God to figure out his will. This next song that we're going into, one of the slides in it says, I will look back and see that you are faithful. I will look ahead believing that you are able. We've sang this song a million times before, and maybe you're just saying it and you're just kind of, eh. I know I have. I've sang this song before, not really thought about it. I will look back and I will see that you're faithful. I will look ahead believing that you are able. I think a lot of the times in our journey, if you're just thinking this is, this is my journey here, I think a lot of the times at the very beginning, he, he rarely shows you, Isaac, this is, this is the path you're going to take. This is what you're going to do. He rarely says that. I know he does sometimes. If you look in scripture, he sends a pillar from, of fire down from heaven, and it leads Israel exactly where they need to go through the desert, and that happens. Sometimes he makes it very clear to them, this is what you need to do, but rarely does he do that for us. But you start making steps, just discerning and making your best judgment based off just following what does scripture say? What does my prayer say? What, what is God speaking to my heart? What do, what do wise people telling me? And I'm just making these confident and, and just bold decisions. He often shows you throughout that in your journey. See, I'm faithful. I told you. I've got it. There's, you're fine. You're doing okay. And then by the time that you're at the very end, you can look back and see that he is faithful. And then you can look ahead and say, you know what? He's been faithful all this long. I know he's able. Keep doing that. This whole series has just been about God's will and being, having anxiety about the future. And I just want to say, you know what? God is God. God is in charge. God is, I really want, to, I want, to, I want a big understanding of what God is. And he's sitting on the throne. And we can just trust. Our job is just to discern and really just seek out what is he saying for my life. And that's what we're going to do here. So um, if we could just start the music, if you guys would just spend some time with God, seeking him, seeking that he would speak to you, put people in your life that would speak into your life, he would just guide you and be God. Can we do that? We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.